Hello everyone, welcome to episode 94 of this The Agile Podcast. The podcast where you get a little update from me and Jeff Watts about what we've been doing in lockdown because it seems to be the same every week right now. I know, but good news, the pubs are opening in the UK from the 4th of July, which is this Saturday coming. We might be allowed to go out for a drink somewhere other than our own garden. Yes, it's true, the pubs are starting to reopen. But we hope you're doing well wherever you might be in the world. One of our global listeners, I'm sure you are. So, um, But lockdown may, may be easing wherever you are. We, re- we sincerely hope that it is. We hope you're subscribed. Make sure you are wherever you get all your other podcasts. We're usually listed now in your podcast provider. So make sure you're subscribed. You'll get all these updates, all these episodes, and they're coming thick and fast right now. But in this one, we talk about the Scrum Mastery lockdown task that our contestants have just completed. It was all about finding your most valuable object. So I'll let you listen on to hear that. Let's play the jingle. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Paul. Hello, everybody. How are you? Same old, same old. <laughs> Nothing's changed. It's a little bit colder today, so I'm in jeans for the first time in a while. I've still got my shorts on. I, it's going to take me a, take a, a serious uh, change for me to get to, to get out my shorts now. We're, into, yeah. we're we're nearly in July, mate. Nearly in July. So it is now. It's a mental thing, isn't it? If you yeah. get out of shorts now, that's admitting defeat. It feels very strange for me to put a pair of trousers on. I'll, I'll, I'll say that if if we have to go back to trousers. So, uh, yes. <clears throat> what have you What have you got there to drink, my friend? Well, I've got. I'll show it. Show it to the camera. Force Ooh. majeure, Ooh. which I think is quite relevant. Uh, do you know what force majeure means? Isn't it like a like a like a act of God type thing like a yeah so and uh, yeah not necessarily an act of God but an act of power outside of our control I think yeah. yeah it has become sort of known as act of God I think well I think it was in the olden days it was considered act of God it's a, it's a common clause in the contract isn't it if it's anything that can't be predicted then um, put it down to force majeure and exactly, the contract yeah. is null and void yeah uh, it's it's a non-alcoholic Belgian beer and this um, so Belgian beer is usually quite alcoholic. This one smells like a beer. Doesn't smell like beer flavored squash like some of them. And so the first thing that gets me is a little bit of banana. They do like their, they do like their fruit in Belgium. I think their fruit beers, uh, and it tastes like a beer. I, I'll be honest. I don't. I, I'll be. I'm surprised by that. It normally. Normally, you could tell a non-alcoholic beer, I think, from an alcoholic beer. This one's a little bit... Although, it does, definitely doesn't taste like a Belgian beer, in that no. alcoholic sense. But it does taste like a non-alcoholic Belgian beer. It's quite good. It's very malty. Quite sweet. Not, not, it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but um, it is. I'd say it's slightly fruity. I probably shouldn't be drinking it from the bottle, but... <laughs> but hey. Um, yeah, that's really nice, actually. If, you, if you're looking for a, a non-alcoholic Belgian beer, I would, that's worth a go. Yeah, I think good. it's made by Triple, but spelt T-R-I-P-E-L. Very good. 
What have you got? Well, today, Jeff, I have a bottle of cider that has been made by my friend. Okay. Um, and this is a friend, My fr- I'll give him a mention, he's called Rob. I think you've met Rob once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob lives down the road. I can hear a child, but we should explain why we can hear children. It's not well, because we... <laughs> um, it's one of my neighbours, I expect. It's, yeah. it's just neighbours. We're not... Uh, there aren't... <laughs> the children. The background noise of children is not part of the, officially part of this podcast. good thing is, I can't hear them because I've got headphones on, but everybody else can. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my friend Rob has uh, made me... He's into a lot, His lockdown project has become cider making, right? So okay. he's, um, he's got into his uh, homemade ciders. And he's made me a couple, and this is an, one that he, get, he dropped on my doorstep the other day. Uh, you can ignore the bottles because the bottle is just in a, a, a spare bottle. But he's uh, he hasn't named it or anything. But he's mixed it with um, flavorings. So it's apple juice, which he's um, which he's brewed. I'll let you see this on camera because I haven't opened this yet. I don't know what it's going to be like. But. Um, it's supposed to be. He's he's described it as apple pie cider. Okay, so he's put right. a bit of pastry in there, is he? <laughs> no, no pastry. But if I give it a smell, it smells like um, there's cinnamon in it, mm-hmm. and I think there's a bit of nutmeg. Basically, I think he infused a okay. few spices and herbs into it. I'll just give it a taste. What's nice. It probably doesn't taste too much of it, but it certainly you can, you can it got a bit of a Christmassy smell to it. Hmm. You like haven't it. put it's any nice. ice with this one. Hmm. No, I just had it straight. It's, a, it's got a little bit. Of, it's a bit cloudy, but there's no sediment in it. It's um. It's probably quite strong. He didn't tell me the strength of it, but uh, and he hasn't named it. But perhaps we can um, try and come up with a name for it. Yeah, but kind of an apple, well, apple pie cider, I suppose it is. It's nice. There's cinnamon, a bit of nutmeg in there. An apple pie Hmm. Apple pider, yeah. So um, that's good. Tastes like a dessert, as in mm. that's quite a popular, very sweet with me. Cheers, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob. If he ever goes into um, gives up his job and goes into cider making, I'm sure that one will be one of his creations. So, what's been going on, mate? It's Another week. On. Yeah, I've, it's. Um, I mean, this is some. Yeah, I'm missing. I want a holiday. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not going to book. I'm not going to be one of these people that's rushing into booking a holiday. They're, 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 they're sensing that might happen, aren't they? I think even even now, we're, um, accommodation websites, uh, the traffic's going through the roof, isn't it? Given that the fact we're a week away from lockdown easing. I'm not going to say lockdown ending because it, I don't think it, it isn't ending completely. It's not back to normal, is it? But I think no. it's it's the biggest... The UK is about to see the biggest shift in, in uh, or the biggest easing of lockdown conditions on the 4th mm. of July that we've seen for, for a while. Yeah, I think we will maybe have um, a couple of weekends, a couple of weekends, a couple of days over a weekend somewhere else. Um, but that would be um, you know, a, 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 a somewhere, else, somewhere that we know, yeah. like a, a, a place owned by someone we know. That will let us stay there. <coughs> that would be our break. We've um, we've arranged a house swap with my parents. That's one thing we've. Oh done. yeah. So um, I'm lucky enough that I've got parents that live in Devon. So uh, we were literally ringing them up saying, "Do you mind if we come down and uh, perhaps 
don't want to stay with you, but we'd like you to move out while we stay in your house. And uh, But you can come and stay at our house. And luckily my parents are quite um, accommodating like that. So they're coming to stay here and we're going to stay there mm. during the uh, summer holidays when the kids are off. So that's, and then we've booked a week. Uh, that's one week. And we've booked, so we, we have, we've done the opposite to you. We've booked, uh, we've booked a week in Pembrokeshire. Okay. Uh, for getting in for the summer holidays to try and just to see a different set of four walls. So we booked a cottage out there. So. Good for you. Bit of isolation in a different, completely different place. <laughs> just to do more of the same thing. But no, it should be, um, should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. So there we are. It's um. Yeah, I do sense a a, a change. So we are we're closing the social distance in this week, aren't we? Because yes. because pubs are going to open, people are going to be doing more things. People have more freedom. Uh, they they won't necessarily want to be stuck on a screen with us on a Friday <laughs> evening anymore. So rather than um, get to the point where just we're there on our own, looking a bit sad and lonely, we thought we'll yeah. uh, we'll stop it while it's still going strong. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a bit of a blowout this week, aren't we? Just to just to celebrate. Yeah, we'll have a bit of an end of season party. Um, yeah. Just because, and it seemed to didn't it seemed like the most logical time? Not a logical, but not the only time. But it seemed like a natural point to change. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, to go back to a, a, a re- something called a real pub, yeah. where we can sit in a real beer mm-hmm. garden and drink from a real pint glass that was you know. It has been nice, hasn't it? I mean, a couple of, quite a few of our regulars actually said that yeah. they're going to miss it, and it's nice. It's been nice. We've, we've got to know people from all over. I th- the world. Yeah, I think we've developed, you know, um, proper kind of friendships and relationships. You know, um, that I mean, it's probably I don't know how many we've done, but I'm, I'm imagining it's like twelve or so, yeah. ten to twelve of them that we've done. And yeah, we've seen a lot of the same faces, and I, I feel we said before, I think just after one of them finished that I'd feel comfortable to actually go up for a real drink with some of these people now that, you know, if you've broken that ice that you can, uh, it wouldn't feel strange. wouldn't feel yeah. odd to be in a pub with some of those people. So, uh, so thank you to those, those regulars that did come every week or certainly a lot of those weeks. Mm. It's been, it's been good for our, our sanity or certainly my sanity, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And the other thing we've got going on is our challenge. Yes, we've got some more videos to review. Yes, have you had a look at them? I have. Are they I was all just looking through the order. Stuck sure. within the rules, referee? Um, I think it was the only one I saw that had like a maybe a one second. It was literally on the, but it was like an like a the clo- the edit close. It wasn't it wasn't particularly part of the video. So I'm going to be more lenient this week. I'm going to. Okay. I'm feeling in a good mood. I'm not going to penalise anyone in particular for uh, for bad timekeeping this time okay. round. And, and no other breaches? Um, no, well, I think the task was a lot more, well, a lot more, um, I'm going to say straightforward, but there was less um, potential ready to slip up, I think, on this one. So I, okay. think, um, I think it was quite Well, we should probably explain what the challenge was, shouldn't we? Yeah, <clears throat> go for it. So they were our, our contestants this week. Well, last week, were challenged to find their most valuable item, and to describe in sixty seconds or less why that item was so particularly valuable to them. 
and we had a, a range of different items, didn't we? Yeah, and it was um, there were some that I expected, and we'll go through these now. But there were some that I didn't expect, and that there's some that um, well, I think for me personally resonated in in different ways, which I thought there was okay. a nice mix. There was a nice <clears throat> mix to those. Those. Um, Where should we start then? Well, what we normally do, Jeff, is we normally go in reverse order of submission. So the the one at the bottom, the kind of the first entry we had, I think, was Vikas. Okay. I think. We'll start with him first. Each time I start a project, I start with this diary. Okay. So um, Vikas, it was uh, it was kind of a diary of sorts, wasn't it? Like a, his his work notebook. In effect. Yes. And he he basically captured. We didn't see the insides of it, but he was he was telling us that all the things that he's captured about the projects that he's been on in the past, risks that have come up, um, decisions that were made, you know, who was on it, where the challenges were, all the deliveries and things like that. Um, and he was saying it was valuable to him because it helped him avoid making the same mistakes twice, and yeah. he was able to find patterns across projects and teams so there was and he was seeing that certain risks tend to pop up quite frequently uh, yeah. which which allows him to you know learn from that and make sense of make sense of things i suppose i was worried about the knife <laughs> <laughs> yes for so, those of you that weren't couldn't see and could only listen <laughs> it, instead of a pen or a pointer he was using quite a hefty blade oh. to uh, to indicate what was in his book and there was obviously no, he made no mention of the said knife until the very last moment when a bit of a, in a kind of a punchline was, oh, he should have been using a, a pen instead of the knife. But that's, that's, I'd like to say now that's typical Vikas. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it. That's how he, he tends to send these videos in. Okay. All right. Any thoughts on that one? Um, well, again, I think it was a nice, it, it was a, um, I think the value there is obviously in memories and kind of um, there's the value to Vikas certainly was was the past and experience. Yeah, it reminded him of his experiences, and those. So maybe the value in itself was that was more abstract. The the the, the book or the diary, get, the value was in perhaps what was what was the the words were about rather than the words themselves. So it's kind of like a it was a, a, a key to a, a memory or a key to a valuable experience. For I saw it as data. So I, I did say it was memories. Um, but one thing I liked about it, and I'm guilty of this, is I don't capture enough stuff. So I rely on my memory, yeah, which isn't great all the time. Whereas he's written it down and he's got the data that he can access. And I think that's that's a really useful thing in terms of helping make sense of complex and complicated things. You can actually look at and, and join dots and make patterns and make connections and see cause and effect and so on. And it's while it isn't completely subjective because it's his it's still his perspective at that point in time, it is a lot more objective than his memory. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a really good thing. I've got some. You can just about see them. Yeah, I've got my own versions of these, and you know these are from from my past engagements. Which you know, if I read through, they would they would help me remember stuff. But I don't so read they, through them enough. So are they random? Are they not random words? But are they 
mind you know, kind of sound bites from something you've done or diary entries or how what form do they take in for you yeah they would be scribbles so right. i don't suppose anybody else would be able to make sense of them right uh, scribbles or doodles from things like coaching sessions or workshops maybe you know plans for workshops or um retrospectives that i've been part of in the past Mm. Um, people that I've been coaching, you know, their progress over time and, and things like that. My my thoughts. Also, my my supervision notes will be in there as well. So when and when I'm getting coaching supervision, um, my my development stuff. But I don't see what what I I thought what was good there from Vikas's point of view is he obviously actually does look through that stuff and, and yeah. it's not just written it's off and just... then never looked at again. Yeah. I'm just making some notes here for for later on. <laughs> Never to be looked at again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, good stuff. So you, we'll come to your scores later, but have a yep. um, you know, be thinking about your scores for the guess. Next one on my um, list here is uh, Stefan. Okay, Stefan. Yeah. So we'll play a quick clip of Stefan. Yep. This is my most valuable item. It's a certificate by ESA, the European Space Agency, recognizing my work on the Lisa Pathfinder project. So uh, he openly said it's only a piece of paper, but it was yeah. what that that piece of paper meant for him. It was it was yeah. a token, wasn't it? What did you get from it? So this is value in. Uh, I'm going to say recognition, or mm -hmm. uh, kind of um, value. So it's a bit different to Vikas, where I think value was in. Um, memories or as you said data but this was about this is a different type of value this is about value for being like getting gaining value from being recognized and being um, and he mentioned the word pride he said okay every time i look at this i get an enormous sense of pride about what i what i achieved so value and achievement value in um, um self self value mm -hmm. so um I got, yeah. uh, maybe did you get the same impression as me here because he didn't spell it out for me but it sounded like it was almost like a voluntary extracurricular project that he took part in it wasn't his job as such he didn't explicitly say that um, I could see how that could be the case but um, certainly from Stefan's previous videos we've seen he's obviously got a keen interest in academia and, and kind of certainly sciences and and um, he was in his previous videos he talked a lot about the brain and neurology and things like that so he's obviously a very clever man mm -hmm. um and i, I that that's certainly um testament if, if that is the case voluntary or not it's obviously uh, it's the european space agency wasn't yeah it? and um, there's obviously I, yeah no, I, got, I got that impression that it was it wasn't part of his job and it, 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 it he was working with people that he didn't know and it was you know, and it was research and it was the unknown and contributing to something voluntarily and uh, that sense of purpose shone through and I, the fact that it was just a piece of paper as he says just a piece of paper but that probably meant more to him than any kind of monetary or financial reward that he he would have been offered there and in cases like that where you're actually following something that you're really interested in you're passionate about sometimes a, a monetary reward can actually reduce the value that you get from it mm. in, a, in, a, in a strange way um, that's what I took from that. So it's, it's like that symbol. But again, so so on this, is the value the the piece of paper, or is the is the value the link that the paper provides to 
what was valuable, which is the experience. You talked a lot about the group dynamic that you had, the the sense of achievement, bleeding edge kind mm -hmm. of um, technologies and things like yeah. that. So if it was, I don't know, maybe not a certificate, but maybe it was a, looking around my desk, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a piece of, a, a placemat, um, <laughs> something, a screwdriver, yeah. These are odd things I've got on my desk, but some it doesn't it doesn't have to be a piece of paper. It could have been something that's seemingly innocuous. Yeah. But that was on the desk, or that was it's in the, the in the lab, or whatever. It is. Yeah, it's a trigger. It's an anchor. No, I think that's a yeah, that's a fair point. I think it's and as a referee, you're you're right to make that point. The item itself isn't so much what's valuable. It's it's the reminder, the trigger of the memory and the feeling of pride that is, is valuable to him. Because if that piece of paper disappeared, he would still be able to conjure up that feeling, those memories. Yeah. Okay, that's fair point. Just make some it. more notes yeah. there, Jeff, for our debrief later, so yes, that's good. Okay, all right, so who's next? Uh, next on my list is Mike. Mike, okay, so we'll play a short clip of Mike. That's an implant into my spine. About. 20 years ago, I had a spinal injury and it was really bad. And that's a very different different item. Yes. Probably the most different of, of all of the entries, I would say, from memory. And, um, yeah, very much so. There's a, it wasn't actually, you couldn't, he wasn't holding the object because the object was part of him, right? So it, yeah. but he, there was an image of what the object looks like for the, for, if you haven't seen a video if you didn't get the full um just a bit from the video um it's a um mike talked about a spinal injury he's he had and he had an operation to i assume it was to insert a, mm. a, a, what looked like a, a plastic or kind of a prosthetic uh, piece of a spine or you know, extension to his spine wherever it might have been i'm not, I'm not sure of the details but it's basically got, got him around a lot of spinal pain that he's been mm. having for a long time so that's that's a an emotional kind of um, value, which is really it's, that would be very difficult for us to um, put a put a value on ourselves because we haven't experienced that. Pe that's pain. There's value in, in an absence of pain for him, and a well, deeply emotional I think benefit. It's, he's um, yeah, I mean, I I've had a. a compared to my nothing on the scale but I have had issues with my back over the years and I know just you've had cracked ribs and things and once you're in if you've got any kind of physical pain going on that limits your ability to to value almost anything else doesn't it, it limits your ability to even value the art the act of breathing yes doing. yes and so to have that have that pain removed by an item I yes think, you can imagine how much that means to him and all of the people he interacts with. Mm. You know, they, everybody else benefits from that as well. Because mm. um, when I'm in pain, I'm not a great person to be around. No. Um, I don't take pain very well. So, yeah, I think that was a, a, a really interesting choice. You know, it's something that if you like, comparing it, you know, it's not so much a token, it is an actual thing. Because if, if we took away that piece of paper, Stefan could still have the good feelings. If you took away that mm. item, you, you Mike would struggle. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's not visible. It's a, it's no. yeah. in itself, 
it may well only you know, if you look at financial cost or something the actual physical item itself might have been incredibly cheap to manufacture yeah it probably if, yeah probably not very expensive it probably wasn't cheap to have the operation um but no. uh, yeah and certainly the expertise involved in in the the operation the, you know, the the procedure i can imagine yeah there's but it's for me it had again it's it's interesting isn't it how value can have can generate all that this that type of attachment if you like there's that generated just the way that mike told the story and i've written down here the link to previous and uh, when we talked about telling stories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and previous uh, challenges i was really hooked in by his story behind that item yeah and you know mainly because he talked a lot about the pain he was in the um his um his day-to-day um, and that was it made it very real very and then you, I could I could see and understand the value better because it was more real well I think anybody anybody can um, it's personalizable to everyone isn't it pain everyone yeah. knows what pain is like and everyone wants to avoid pain uh, and knows what it's like to have that pain resolved so yeah, everyone can empathise and put themselves in that position to a degree, even if they can't imagine the amount of pain their mind was in. Yeah. Um, so, and that's that's one of the the aims of a story, isn't it, to make it personalisable. So yeah, we 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 all we were all connected with that. We could all see how, if we were in that situation, how that thing would have value to us, even if it doesn't have objective value to us right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Moving on. Who's next? Uh, Greg. Greg. Okay, here's Greg's video of what his most valuable item is. My favourite object is a badminton racket. You may ask, why a badminton racket? Well, I used to play badminton to win. Um, I don't as much anymore. So, yeah, the, the idea, he's, he's obviously a big badminton fan. It's come up before um, in, in conversation. And I like the way that he tried to link... You know, use the the metaphor of the game to the metaphor of of an agile team, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and actually, that that racket itself is probably only worth a, a few dollars, isn't it? Mm. But it's what it means to him. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, I'm sure, as well as the piece of paper on Stefan's wall, if you took it away, he could get another one, mm-hmm. uh, and he could still remember playing badminton. Um, so it's not that valuable in itself, but I'm sure, given the choice of that racket or any other racket, he would like his racket. Mm. There was a thing about golf clubs, wasn't there? Um, people, there was a um, study done where people were given some golf clubs to play with that they said had been used by Tiger Woods, right? And um, they played they played materially better believing they were playing with Tiger Woods' golf clubs, even though they weren't Tiger Woods' golf clubs. They believed they were. They believed they were better. They played better. Mm. Um, and that's that sense of, of luck and, and belief and superstition and stuff. And that, while that can have an, a positive effect, it can have a negative effect as well. We can, we can hang on to things more than we should, longer than we should. We can hang on to beliefs longer than we should, habits longer than we should. Um, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I think it would have been, 
I was hoping when he when he said when he showed the racket, I was hoping there was more of a story behind the racket itself that maybe there was it was tied to a particular game or a particular um, memory he had or something like that. But I, again, so there was an interesting link to agile generally. But he, and the, I think the most important thing that for me that he talked about was this idea of fun and 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 there's no shame in just saying this this for me is what I value is is um, having fun and, and, and enjoying exercise with other people the social element to it so yeah I think it was um, yeah had it been a different I, I got this I did get the sense it could have been any racket I didn't I, you know I wanted to know was there more something that he that was a racket he'd had for how many years or five years ten years mm. and yeah, even though he's restrung it a hundred times it's still you know that triggers broom idea which you probably yeah. doesn't mean anything to you no. only fools and horses no didn't think so um, yeah so yeah very good who's next Jags Jags okay here's Jags's little video of what he found to be his most valuable item walking boots are the most valuable thing I have yes they're old they're battered no longer waterproof but they're my friends so back to his mountaineering again. Yeah. I think I have a pair of those boots. I was going to say, because uh, you've told stories about your shoes that have been to five continents or something like that. Yes. And I, I immediately thought of your boots when you um, when he's doing Jag started telling his story. So they, yeah, they the ones that Jags was talking about there, I, they are, I think, the same type of boot that I wore when I went on the Bear Grylls experience. Which are a different pair of boots to the ones that I've worn on five continents. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah, I can I can see how uh, a boot, uh, an item of clothing, can bring back memories. And given your point about telling stories, he yeah he managed to get a bit of storytelling in there, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's not so much the shoe itself as he said it's not waterproof anymore so it's probably not actually a valuable item in its own right yes is there a sense then that maybe you can get too attached to something from a sentimental reason when actually you'd be better be in your interests to actually buy a different pair and and get rid of that you don't need the item to have the memory yeah and that that idea of we we don't know um we can't benefit from what we don't know so it's you know this idea of comfortable mediocrity i'll stick with the boots that i've got because i know that they're okay yeah but i don't really know how good a new pair could be mm-hmm. because i'm too i'm too attached to the to what i've got now and it's, that's the same in in many cases pro, even processes wise let's stick with what we know now because there might you know it's easier to to fail with something we know or to, to stick with something we know then try to try something new that's the, the unknown that yeah. we don't know that might not work mm-hmm. but it might be better so who's next so um, yeah let's go with Anshul <laughs> okay here is Anshul's video my most valuable item at this point in my life is this book right here uh, it's it's got some nice uh, graphics to look into. The paper smells nice, and and it just feels nice in my hands. Thoughts on that? Um, so it's similar to Vikas, isn't it? It's similar to 
um, valuing a a reference, a guide to how he's worked, and it's obviously he's uh, it's probably devalued in the sense that it's not a new book anymore. Yeah. So if you didn't see the video, it's I think it was uh, Craig Larman and Bas Vodder's um, book, Large. Um, <laughs> I should know what it's called, should I? Um, well, it's about less, wasn't it? It was, it was less. Large scale Baz had autographed it. Yeah. So you can, but it's obviously it had a lot of feathered edges. It had a lot of post-its in it, which he's added his own notes. But again, he's obviously there's a lot more value in that book now because he's of the stories of the of the the implementations he's gone through, the, uh, the perhaps the, the mistakes he's made things he's tried the things that he hasn't tried so it was very much he took value from this guide this book as a uh, as a, probably also a memory of a, a, there's a bit of achievement in there yeah so similar to Stefan that there's a sense of this the stuff that worked and obviously got a lot of he got a lot of uh, maybe some recognition for that there's a theme mm -hmm. of recognition for maybe things that have worked very well yeah maybe the things that haven't worked very well yeah I, I do like the fact that um, there's a, there's a Japanese phrase, isn't it? The, the the when you buy books and just let them pile up, never read them. I, I I don't I like it when people actually not just read the book but actually use it. Yeah. You know, and reuse it regardless of what it is. Uh, I like the fact that he hasn't just bought it, read a bit of it, put it on the shelf, but he's you know scribbled in it. It's got his stories in there. I don't. I find it hard to understand because I find it very difficult to find enough space. In an actual textbook to write what I want. Okay, you can put mm. post-it notes in there and things, but um, but yeah, his learnings in there, his memories in there. Um, there is a risk of you know, following a book too much. I'm not suggesting that Angel has done this, but yeah. taking a a framework, a methodology, um, there is a risk that you can follow the textbook too much, and and you know, life is is more than it's always more complicated than any textbook will will make out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess that's where that's what all his scribbles and all of his uh, his things have, have done. They've added the context. They've added the uh, yeah, they've, they've filled in the gaps or explained the grey. Those kinds of yeah. things. Good, good. Yeah, good. Yep. So just Faye this week because uh, Rob was out of town. So Rob uh, in, has had the opportunity to go and see some family or take some family time. Good luck to him. And so it's just Faye. Here is Faye. About eight years ago, I was coaching some teams inside a state agency here in Ohio. And I was with them about nine or 10 months and then went to a different client. And about a year later, I ran into several of the team members at uh, our local agility conference. And they wanted me to have this and they wanted to tell me about all the ways they had continued to improve after I left. So I guess it must have made it a little bit easier for, for just one of them rather than having something that they both. Yeah. So that, that, that's probably a, a happy accident that Rob was out of town this week. But I, is it just me? I couldn't, I apologise to Faye, I couldn't really see what it no, was. No, I couldn't see what it was either. <laughs> I couldn't see And I don't it. think she actually explained it, did she, what the item was that she was holding? No, it was something that was given to her. And I was kind of making assumptions in my mind of what it might be, whether it was a, you know, a building pass, but it looked too big for that. Was it a greetings card, but it looked too small for that? I couldn't, wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, but in a way, it doesn't matter. Because no. it was just a token. Just like um, the the piece of paper on the wall didn't matter what it was for Stefan, although you know, it's it was something specific, but it didn't have to be. Um, so yeah, token of appreciation, success, yeah, 
good story. It's quite hard to know whether you've been successful as a coach you know, mm. at that moment in time. You know, it's usually some way down the line before you get a feeling of whether something has actually worked or not. Whether you and so she said, yeah, agility didn't die when the coaches left. You know, you're never going to know until later on, are you? So I think there's also we can talk a bit um, more about this as well, but we tend to attach value to things that we've been given. So, mm. so you think about presents or gifts. Um, and again, they could be relatively meaning, uh, kind of low monetary value. But the fact is that, so again, so things that my kids have given me, like pictures. I'll show you a picture now. Um, but reaching up to the wall, things like that, right? Oh, looks like drawn by a three-year-old. <laughs> but it says, "To Dad, I love you forever," and it's just a picture of my daughter that she's drawn of herself and it's things like that that has you know you can't sell that on ebay you can't uh, uh you, you can't put that in an art gallery but those are things which because they're given to me and they're personal there's an attachment isn't there we place value on personal gifts that we that we that we receive and i think yeah. that i got i got and again I, I got the impression there was an agile theme to the to, to the reason that she was given the gift but yeah. I seem to attack I seem to remember I went away from that thinking that Faye um, was attached to it because she was it was given to her it was something that as a, maybe as a, as a thank you as a mm -hmm. as a, a parting gift yeah 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 there was definitely that um, I said I, I maybe I'm perhaps projecting my own views on this but so I find it difficult when you're when you're really coaching. It's, it's very difficult to know. You don't get that direct knowledge or feedback about good job, bad job, because it's not a case of something's done and you can see the the points on the board or whatever. It's it's usually there's usually quite a lag effect, and especially if you're not part of that organisation, quite often you don't see the results until you've actually left the organisation a lot of the time. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's it's. Um, it's a difficult role in that regard so that i can see why that would that would add value a bit of validation um and you know we need feedback to know whether we are getting better or how to get better and with that lag in place it's, it can be quite difficult and that so that's an interesting point because also we can value doesn't have to be this is a bit harder to to explain and to, to think about but value doesn't have to be physical Valuable, valuable could be something that's that was said to you. So it mm -hmm. could be something that you remember that was said. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be something that was written down. So like a testimonial. I think we've read out. So in sprint reviews, reading out testimonials from customers are things that you don't. You know, they seem quite trivial. They're very easy, very cheap to, to to get. But the value that they carry with in terms of motivational value within teams, in terms of building empathy. Mm -hmm. So it might not be something you can hold, or that you can um, you can sell on eBay, but it might be something that that's the difference. That's the essence of what is going to motivate your scrum team or your agile team. Yeah, obviously we, we we put them into a bit of a corner by requiring them to come up with their most valuable object. But the idea of and actually, if you think about that, then I think quite a few of them were actually forced into finding an object to represent mm. a feeling 
But what none of them did was, um, I think you, I think in every case, you wouldn't have put any of those value, the value of those items, monetary value, greater no. than a hundred dollars, whatever exactly. it might be. Yeah. So it's, it's quite hard to tell us some case, but the actual, it's interesting that none, despite we, we, we gave a, a general brief, but none, no one chose an expensive, that's mm. the keyword. No one chose anything expensive. So that's a, some, sometimes the things that have the most value don't have to be the most expensive things. Yeah. Yeah. And the value is a multifaceted thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's rarely just one aspect to value. And I'm not just talking about product backlog here, but yeah, there's usually a, an opportunity cost to something. So there's the value, there's the value in the data in Vikas's uh, book. If he lost that, he's lost the data. Um, but he's also lost, I presume, I would, I'm guessing here, I'm, I'm, maybe what, just for someone who's that fastidious about capturing data, I imagine he's probably got more than one book mm. um, filed away somewhere. So there's the, there's the set, there's the collection, there's the, um, yeah, there's all that. And That's interesting because similar, Vikash and Anshul were similar, weren't they? Because if, if I've written down here, not just the value of the of the item, but the value of not having it. So, do they? Not, if they lost that book, yeah, <clears throat> they wouldn't become bad bad coaches. They wouldn't become bad scrum masters. They wouldn't instantly forget everything. No, right now I well no they wouldn't absolutely. Uh, but this is actually bringing me on. It's bringing me to some kind of thought process for evaluating them because this is going to be quite tricky because they're all really good. Mm. Uh, but I would say that those two, so Vikas and Anshul, are probably the most fragile. So if they lost their thing, they've lost it. They can't, it's, it's, it's gone. It's ir irreplaceable. Yeah. Whereas if Jags lost his shoes, he's still yeah. got the memory. And he can always go and buy an exact. Can, yeah. Same um, pair of shoes. He's, he's probably got a photograph, he's probably got something else. That reminds me of that, and he's still got the memory. Uh, Greg has, has can, can go and play badminton again. He can get another um, get another racket, and he's still yeah, got so the feeling of play. That's true. Yeah. So when where there's data, there's obviously it's harder to replicate that. It's harder to uh, repeat that, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I'd say they're the most fragile. Now, would they make them a worse coach? Now, I don't think they would, but it could. And the only reason it could is if they rely on the the actual looking up of the data too much or they place too much of a great attachment on the actual object and this is where that idea of superstition might, might be too strong a word but people can place too much power in an actual object mm. so uh, it's almost like a weakness if i haven't got it i can't do it and you can see that at a you know, very very young level with kids and their, their their blankets or their cuddly toys or their dummy or something um, uh, I can't be happy unless I've got this. I'm not comfortable unless I've got this. Now I'm not suggesting that either Vikesh or Angela are, are, are like that at all. But if some if someone places so much value in something irreplaceable like that, then it's a really fragile place to be. The amount of, taking this back to kids again, the amount of parents who um, have said to me, "Oh, it's, it's absolutely terrible. We've lost Dinky or whatever they called it." You know, someone's favourite doll, they take it everywhere or go to sleep with it or something. Why would you only ever have one as a parent? Why would you buy something that you can that you can't replace? 
You know, we've always, if any, if our, any of our kids get attached to something, it's, it's all we've always got backups. Oh yeah, we did, <laughs> we did the same thing. Jocelyn had, I think, three of the same bunny mm-hmm. because she used to bite and and she used to chew the end of the nose, and it just ended up smelling. And also, she, I think she actually did actually lose. She left one somewhere, day out somewhere. She did, but we had a backup. So I would say they were the most fragile. Those two. Okay. Is that going to have a bearing on your scores, do you think, Jeff? Um, well, I've got to find some way of separating them. Uh, yeah. Because I, I think they're all really, really good, uh, really good submissions. And I can absolutely empathise with every single one of them. Uh, so it is quite hard to split them. So I think that may well may well come into it. Mm-hmm. There are... So then there are four... So Jags, Shoes, Greg, Badminton, Racket, Stefan, the Piece of Paper, Faye... Some kind of token, not sure what it was. Those were all, all four effectively inconsequential objects mm-hmm. that reminded them of something important to them and, and, and evoked a really powerful feeling that was quite core to who they are and, and their personal values. So, again, I'd probably group those together in that the, the, van, the items themselves weren't necessarily valuable it was the feeling that those items triggered that were valuable uh, and I said because of that I think they're they're less fragile and the value will re- will, will be more resilient mm-hmm. so I would say those four are probably slightly going to do slightly better than Vikas and Anshul in my scoring which leaves Mike and um, I think I think for me, pain is such a fundamental thing. I think if you're in pain, you can't even enjoy the simple things in life. And those around you can't enjoy things and, and they, they, they can't help you either. I think that it's, if you, if you want to try and deal with the complex, you've got to have the simple things in place. And so I think that, is yeah that for me is is the standout for me i think that if i could give any one of those people what they've got there that would be the first person i would give that thing to mm. that makes sense okay well, that's a very solid <coughs> rationale are you going to put some numbers behind these okay all right so we've been going for seven for the seven points for mike mm-hmm. that's a sort of the easy one I think the next group, so Jags, Greg, Stefan and Faye, I'd say five points each. And then I'd say three points to Vikash and Anshul. Okay. Scored. Done. Okay, so the leaderboard at the moment, Jeff, looks like this. Uh, Propping up the table, we have Stefan at the moment with nine points. And we have Team USA, Rob and Faye with 11. Greg from New Zealand with 12 points. Well, joint Fourth place with Vikas with 12 points. Then the top three look like this. We have Jags going strong with 13 points. Mike up to second place with his win this week with 15 points. But Anshul still clinging on to first place at the moment with 17 points. Very good. Very good. I like that one. No, it's good. And what's nice is that it's a nice way to think about the fact that sort of the value is highly subjective. What I say is valuable 
is, is may, might not necessarily be what you think is valuable. What I think is a valuable <laughs> point in itself. Um, and sometimes the easiest way to prioritize a product with a product owner is to say, instead of what do they want, what's causing you the most pain at the moment? So you say about pain, pain is a good identifier with what to do next. Mm. Where is your pain for you? Where's your user's pain? And that might help direct how you prioritize a product backlog. If you try and take it away from the calculation, the, the, um, the algorithm around money, mm. where is pain? Where can we where where can we remove pain at the moment? It might be an easier way to identify where to start. Yeah, yeah. I've talked about different types of motivators in the past, and that works for customers as well as as team members. You know, away from motivators and towards motivators. Yeah. And the idea of you know, getting away from something that you don't like to be or don't like to have uh, is 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 incredibly powerful. You know, remove the pain. Um, it's it's powerful to a degree it's generally not as powerful as as, a, as an attractive alternative future but you need to get rid of pain before you can really imagine a positive alternative future mm-hmm. um, so product owners weigh that up and people don't buy the service do they? they don't buy the product they buy how it makes them feel mm-hmm. they don't buy insurance they buy peace of mind yeah. um, that kind of thing so that's I think it is it is really important to bear in mind what what what, what is value, um, and whether that's to do with rewarding people, motivating people, prioritizing things, whatever it is, get into what what people appreciate, what people like, what pe- what pain people have, um, and you generally make better decisions, right? Yeah, very good. Cool. Nice summary. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. All right, nice work. Well done, everybody. Well done, contestants. It's still anybody's game, I believe. Very much so. We're, we're going to do six tasks. Yeah, so, so we're halfway we're through. Halfway through. Yeah. All right. Cheers, my friend. See you next time.